Glory to God. Well, uh, I'm gonna, I didn't give them this verse, and that's all right, so I'm going to read it. And how many remember church before we had scriptures up on the wall? Oh, my. How many remember when you came to church, everybody brought a, a bag, a, 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 like, a, like a, some type of little, you know, a, not a suitcase, but a, a, you know, because in it you had your Bible, you had your notebook, you had several colored pens, pencils, markers, right? Then they came out with those, uh, you know, Bible covers that had all that in it. But man, praise the Lord. But John 17, I have been uh, uh, several, we've had several times that this has been my keynote scripture. And I want to read this, John 17, 3 says, now this is from the New International Version, which I'll be using tonight. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Knowing God is eternal life. And when we talk about that, I want to talk about, I'm coming at it from the standpoint, is God as Father. Amen? We need a relationship with our Father God. In fact, the Bible is a progressive revelation of God from Genesis on through to, uh, throughout. And, of course, all the promises that bring Jesus into the earth. And then Jesus came as the exact imprint of God. He said, if you've seen me, you have seen who? The Father. How many times did he say, you know, he said, the Father in me, he does the work. The words that I speak are not my own, but the Father's who sent me. I came not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me, talking about the Father. And so Jesus revealed the Father to us. And here in John 17, at the end of his earthly ministry, towards the end here, right before he goes to the cross, he says, this is eternal life. This is eternal life. This is the life that I came to bring that you would know. He's praying to the Father. He said, Father, that they would know you, the one true God. Amen? The only true God. And so tonight, in that vein, in, in talking about God, uh, I, I want to talk about this characteristic of God, this, this part of God's nature, and that is his integrity. I didn't know they were going to sing some of the songs they sang tonight, talking about trusting in God and his faithfulness, but the integrity of God. Now, you know, it's interesting in talking about uh, uh, God as the Father, some people, because of different circumstances and and uh, different things of that sort, uh, as far as their natural families and natural father, they have a hard time knowing a father as something that is good, someone who's faithful, someone that has integrity. But just to be real honest with us all, we need to get over our earthly family. Did I just say that? I just said that, didn't I? Because we're in a new family now. And really, now you know Jesus said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly father? He's much more. I don't care. You could have had the best father that everyone. Thank God for fathers. Thank God for, for our fathers. Amen. And we honor them and we give praise. But you cannot compare. As good, you know, as a good, as a father that I might think I might be, I, I can't, you cannot compare my goodness to the goodness of God. It's just so far beyond that. 
And although I, tr- I strive to be an example of my heavenly Father, you have to go beyond what you see in me. And the only place to do that is to go to God's Word. You know, he's the only one that could write a book about himself and not be prideful. Think about it. You know, if I wrote, if I wrote a, a, my biography, you know, it's, it's, gonna, it, it's not going to be entitled The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. I'm not telling you The Bad and The Ugly. I'm going to tell you how wonderful I am. <laughs> God's the only one that can, he's, he's the only one that's perfect enough. And anything he asks us to do, it's because that's how he is. He's not trying to be. Glory to God. So we got some statements we want to make about the integrity of God, some scriptures to look up. I'm going to look these up well, in the NIV version tonight. And I used to joke with some people, you know, I had a friend that he just loved the NIV. And I always used to call it the, the nearly inspired version. But, uh, but it, it does say some things. And, and uh, language-wise, you know, Bibles, uh, uh, a lot of them, one of the interesting things in teaching about bibliology is that Bibles are, are written at certain reading levels. And the NIV kind of comes in there around the 8th, the ninth, 7th, 8th, middle school level. How many of you are glad for that? All right, we won't go on from there, but uh, it's, it's good. Uh, it's good. First of all, the first thing we want to say is that God's integrity is unwavering. He does not lie or deceive. Let's look at Numbers chapter 23. How many of you are glad God's not a liar? When God says something, he's not lying about it. He's not trying to deceive anybody. Now, you know, God may say something, you don't understand it, but he's not trying to deceive you. Numbers 23, verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? See, those are questions. Well, the answer to those, does he speak and not act? No. Does he promise and not fulfill? No. Why? He's not a man that he should lie. He said, wait a minute. Now, I know God did change his mind because he told Noah, I mean, he told Moses something. He told Abraham something. Well, they ch- people changed, and when they changed, God could do something different. Right? God told Moses, Moses, stand over here, you and your whole family. I'm going to start over with you. I'm going to wipe all these people out. And Moses looked at God and said, no, you're not. You're not going to, God. Well, God was in covenant with Moses, right? Remember Abraham talked God down? I think Abraham, Abraham was probably as surprised as anybody. There, was, there wasn't even 10 righteous people in Sodom. But he talked them down, you know, from, from destroying everybody. What if there's 50? What if 45? You know, started his auctioneer business right there, trying to, get, trying to bid that down. But it never, he wasn't successful all the way because there wasn't enough righteous people there. But God is not someone who, who lies. So that tells me this. When I read something in the Word, it's telling me the truth. Anything it says about God and God's ways, it's the truth. He is the truth. Now, remember, there's a difference between facts and truth, especially in this world. Now, God's facts are facts, but in this world, truth is something that never changes. John 17, 17, Jesus said, Thy word, O Lord, is truth. The word of God is truth. Well, what was Jesus? Was he the word made flesh? And I love Hebrews 13, Jesus Christ, the same 
yesterday, today, and forever. That, that's kind of how I got, came up with that definition for me, that, that that's what truth is. It's something that's the same yesterday, today, and forever. How many of you know in, in real mathematics, not anything they're trying to do, you know, with things today, but uh, uh, there's truth, certain truths in mathematics, right? If you have one and you add another one, you have two. That's the truth. If you get a different answer than two, you are woke beyond belief. Because one plus one is what? No question. When you say that, you don't even question that, do you? Why? Because you know it's the truth. Well, we need to be that way with God. When God speaks, it's not a lie. His word is truth. All right, number two, Psalm 145, our second point. The Lord is righteous or we can say it this way, just in some of his ways? No, all of his ways. All of his ways. What does that mean, just and righteous? He always does the right thing. Everything God does is righteous. Now, some people, you know, they want to go back to, well, well look, look in the Old Testament. Look at those people. God told them to wipe them all out. Yes, he'd also given them hundreds and hundreds of years to repent. And they didn't. God is right. Now, here's the thing about it. If I think differently than God, then I'm wrong. He's right. That kind of goes along with that first, that first one still. Romans 3, chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 4 says, Let God be true and everyone else a liar. But here in Psalm 145, look at verse 17. The Lord is righteous in all his ways. Everybody say all his ways. And faithful in what? All he does. The Lord is righteous all his ways, is loving toward all he has made. Faithful in all he does, glory to God. He is righteous. Faithful in all that he does, glory to God. Amen? Now, so, number three then, God keeps his promises. Look at Psalm 119. So he, he, his integrity is unwavering, he's not a liar. He always does what is right. And if he does what is right, he speaks what is right. And then he always keeps his promise. Look at Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is a very interesting psalm. It's divided up into uh, uh, chapters according to, I mean, little distinctions according to sections, I wanted to say, sorry, according to the Hebrew alphabet. And there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight verses in each section. 176 verses. Now, in the King James Bible, looking at it, uh, going through there, there are, I've counted, and I, I, I don't know, no one's ever come up and challenged me on it, so I could be wrong, but at least 176 references to the Word of God. Now, sometimes it's called the commandments of God, the law of God, whatever. But uh, I've taken, there's, there's times, now, can we all be honest? Let's be honest with one another. Since we're talking about how, how much God has integrity and doesn't lie, I, I won't lie to you. There are times that I don't want to read the Bible. There are times that when I do read the Bible, I'm just like, you know, sometimes I think I can't fall asleep. Well, let me read the Bible. That'll help me. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, we all go through this. But at those times, if I catch that, I'll go to Psalm 119 and start reading. Because he talks about how, how I, I love your word and different things of that sort. Look at verse 89. Here it says in the, in the, uh, 
Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. How many of you in here were, were blessed enough to have Brother Hagin in class at Ramah? What did he come out? Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. He come out and quote that almost every class. Forever, O Lord, thy, thy word is settled in the heavens. How long? Forever. Forever. His word is eternal. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1. This goes along with this. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. God keeps his promises. Now, I've heard Pastor here mention, and I heard some of it at Camp Me. So much of the time, uh, we as Christians struggle to receive what God has for us because we don't know what his promises say. What's the word of God say about that situation? And sometimes we just pray, you know, we just pray what I would call a shotgun prayer. You know, if you shoot shotgun, it's got that's got pellets in it, it scatters, a wide pattern. Those wide pattern prayers uh, don't necessarily bring specific results. Amen. We need to be specific. And because why? Look what it says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. All, well, I was reading in, in the, wrong, the wrong book there. That is, this would help. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are what? Yes. In Christ. Yes, in Christ. And so it goes on to say, through him, the amen is spoken, is spoken by us to the glory of God. All of his promises are what? Yes. Yes. Now you're not going to, see, you're not, uh, I want to tell you this right now, and I hope I don't burst your bubble. You're not special. So special that God's promise does not apply to you. Now, we know this. Listen, I can disqualify myself. I'm not saying that. But people, you know, some folks think, well, you know, I had somebody tell me once, well, you can believe, I, I, everybody can't believe the Bible like you can. I was thinking, well, if I can, anybody can, you know. Amen. Well, not just, yes, yes, you're not, listen, listen, sweetheart, darling, young man, old man, whoever you are, you're not special. The Bible, yes, is yes. All of his promises are what? Yes. I don't know, King James, yes and what? Amen. So be it. That means no debate. When we know God, see, we're talking about our Father. When we know his integrity, we know there's no debate about his word concerning us. If it says, by Jesus' stripes, you are healed, guess what? You are healed. There's no debate. Well, what about brother so-and-so? What about sister so-and-so? What about them? My experience, your experience, their experience doesn't change God's Word. Amen. Besides that, you know, we get, we get caught up in things. And, and again, again, so much of the time, and that's why it's so important that we live by faith, not try to engage faith when a problem comes along. Living by faith, declaring the healing power of God's working in my body, affecting a healing and a cure when you feel good. Amen. You know, it's interesting as they, you know, they keep, as they continue to study, they're just proving what the Bible says, but they'll, they'll say this. How many of you realize almost anything 
in the amount that they give it to those lab animals will kill you. <laughs> but how many of you know that the Bible says the earth is cursed? You know everything in it will kill you? It's cursed. And it's, it's groaning for its redemption, Romans 8 says. It's cursed. So you've got to pray and sanctify all of it. <laughs> I remember people say, well, if we're healed, how are we ever going to die? That's all right. Don't worry about it. Just hang around. Amen. But on the other hand, we're not afraid to die. Not in a hurry, but not afraid. I don't know what got me off on that. I don't know why I'm getting off on that. But anyway, let's move on to number four here. God is consistent and unchanging. Look at Malachi chapter 3. For all you that have a Italian heritage, let's look at the Old Testament prophet Malachi. That's what my, I have an Italian pastor friend. He, calls, he, he always calls it that. Let's turn to Malachi. Sounds like something from the movie or something, doesn't it? But Malachi chapter 3 Look at verse 6. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Can you get any more straight than that? God's speaking. Now I realize he's speaking through that prophet. He says, I, the Lord, do not change. Now, you know, some folks have thought there's a different God in the Old Testament than in the New Testament. But there's not. God's the same. He has not changed. Now, the covenants have changed, and our relationship with God surely has changed. We've been adopted into the family. Glory to God. And Jesus, you know, Jesus went, everyone who died in faith in the old covenant was held in Abraham's bosom. Jesus went in there and led captivity captive as he ascended to heaven, preached unto them the gospel of their salvation. You know, I was reading... Uh, a scripture I have read over and over. I mean, for the last uh, over 20 years here now, just at Rama Bible Training College, I have taught the, the class on the book of Ephesians. And I had taught it many years before that. And I preached for it many years. I saw something the other day I had never seen in there before in, in, in reading it. But in, in Ephesians chapter 1 there, uh, verse 13, Paul's talking about after you, have, after you had trusted in Christ, when you heard the gospel... Here, the King James says, the God heard the message of, or the NIV, the message of truth. Look what it says, the gospel of your salvation. I've never seen that word your before. I always thought the gospel of, you know, the gospel of salvation, gospel of your salvation. He preached to them like it already belonged to them. He called it your salvation. He said, you believed it after you heard it, the gospel of your salvation. That changed, that changed my thinking about some things. Whenever I'm sharing with someone who doesn't know Jesus, I'm sharing with them what already belongs to them if they just don't know it. Salvation belongs to them. Healing belongs to them. The new birth belongs to them. The gospel of your, man, that was just something I hadn't seen that before. I'd never read it. It just kind of jumped up off the, off the page at me. Look at Hebrews 13. Now, we, we, I quoted this earlier. But the Lord is consistent. He's unchanging, the Father. And I can already tell. I'm going to have to maybe pick up here next time I preach. Because I'm not getting through 10 points, Lord. 
You're staying until I get through every one of them. No. <laughs> we used to preach that way. Ooh. Man. You know, when I left that first church I was associate pastor at for nine years, it was my home church. It's the, I, went out of the, I was part of that church when I came to come to attend school. When I went back home, I just went back home and started volunteering, and pastor asked me to uh, uh, be on staff with him and help him help there. So I was there for nine years, and uh, uh, when I left, all of the master cassettes of any sermons that they still had, they gave to me. Thank God. Some of those sermons never needed to be preached nor ever heard again that I preached in those early days. Say, where are those, brother? I like that. They're burnt. They're ashes. I burn them in the fire. Put them in a barrel, burn them. Still got the notes. I could probably preach the notes a whole lot better than I could preach back then, but anyway. Hallelujah. Hebrews 13, did you find it? Verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same. Everybody say the same. Yesterday and today and forever. God is constant. He is unchanging. Our Father, your Father is constant. Aren't you glad he doesn't have up days and down days? You know, us, us earthly fathers, we can have that. Us earthly parents and talk about all, you know, we can have up days and down days. We can have days where we don't have, seem like we got a whole lot of patience. Other days when we got a lot of patience. We're not perfect like God. God is unchanging. Hallelujah. Number five is God's judgments are righteous and impartial. Righteous and impartial. Look at Psalm 94. Yes, God is, the, God is a God of judgment. There is judgment against what? Against his nature. Against his way of doing things. But you know, some folks hear the word judgment and they always think negative. How many of you know you could be judged righteous? I think just because the world, you know, how many of you know the world is in a negative flow, right? It's going away from God. Uh, one of the things in thinking about uh, that is the further away a river gets from its source, the less it looks like the source. And the further, the further this goes along since Adam's sin in the garden, since man, since sin's been in the world, the less the world looks like God, all right? No, we're, we, we've been told that. Now, I know we're struggling and fighting for, and we believe God, and we are to be, we are he with, with, that withholds. We are withholding the entire takeover of the Antichrist spirit of this earth and of mankind. We are withholding. There come a time when we're, when we're removed, and that, that spirit of Antichrist will be able to rise up even further. But how many of you know the Bible says New Testament? It's already in the earth today. We see it. And a lot of these things are just preparation for what God's already said. And listen, don't forget, we win. We win. It's all right. Glory to God. It's not over. We're, listen, we get to be that, that little boy that doesn't, we, I keep swinging till I hit it where I want to hit it. Well, I didn't hit that one very good. Throw me another one. You've already had your turn. My ball, my bat. Throw it again. Hallelujah. All right. Psalm 94, verse 1. O Lord, the God who avenges, O God who avenges, shine forth. See, God in his judgment is our avenger. He is the original avenger if you want to go that way. 
but he shines forth. Now I'm going to quote this so they can put it up on the, we won't turn to Romans 2.11. For God does not show favoritism. Now you've heard people say, I'm God's favorite. Well, we're all God's favorite. But God doesn't show favoritism. A lot of times people look and say, well, I don't understand why that, you know, boy, don't get caught in that comparisonitis thing. Pastor Hagen, I was here one year for a continuing education seminar, and he had all the ministers, and he, said, he talked about the sin and the danger of com- what he called it, comparatonitis. Comparison. Don't compare yourself with anybody else. You know, as wonderful as you are, I'm not looking to you as my example. I'm looking to the Word of God. Now, Paul said, follow me as I follow the Lord. Now, yes, I understand that. We are to do that. But as far as this, I'm going to follow what God's Word says. And God is, doesn't show favoritism. How I many you know some other uh, versions say God is no respecter of persons? Amen. Now, you know, so God doesn't have any favorites in his family. He's going to treat us all the same. Everybody, everybody who calls on the name of the Lord is what? Saved. Right? Whosoever. Whosoever believes shall be saved. So God doesn't show favoritism. He is just. He is impartial. He is righteous. Hallelujah. And then our final point for tonight is God's integrity is revealed in his faithfulness to his people. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 7. Now listen, remember, knowing these things... It's not just enough to know these things uh, for head knowledge, but this gives us a starting point to know, to help us to further understand our Father. And when I know that He is unwavering, that He does not lie and does not deceive, when I know that all of His ways are just and righteous, when I know His Word is truth and He always keeps His promises, when I know that God is consistent and unchanging, when I know that God is righteous and impartial, and when I know God is faithful, I know more about my Father. And when dealing with Him and dealing with the fatherhood of God, I can accept more of what He wants to do and what he's saying to me. And then I can walk in that eternal life. Deuteronomy 7, verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to thousands, thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. I mean, thousand generations is a long time. Bible scholars, you know, argue, it's interesting, you know. Now, I do want to say this. If you get your theology from Facebook, you're in trouble. Go to the Bible. But it's interesting, you know, really Bible scholars don't really, cannot agree on what a generation is. And I think that's why he says a thousand of them, just so it kind of blows you. Quit trying to figure it out. Put a date on it, you know. Yeah, isn't it amazing how many times that Jesus said, no man knows the day or the hour, yet people have tried to predict the day? He said, I don't even know. The Father has kept that to himself. Former director of the RMAI here at Ramah, uh, Reverend David Beebe, he used to say, would you all quit predicting days because that just keeps putting it off because it can't come on the day you predicted, or you could say you knew. 
And some of us have been around long enough to remember 80, the book, 88 Reasons in 88, that Jesus is going to come back. Remember that one? Brother Harold remembers that. Do you remember what happened in 89? He remended his book, 89 Reasons in 89. Because he said, oh, I missed one, so that's why I put it, well, he missed it again. That was the last one. I don't think there's 90 for 90. I don't think, you know, his series is still not going on, whoever wrote that book. But God is faithful. He's faithful to his people. <laughs> I, oh, I said his series. So Siri opened up and is trying to find who wrote that book. It says, hey, Siri, who wrote that book? No, Siri. I don't need your help, Siri. Glory to God. Anyway, God is faithful. Now, when we talk about the faithfulness of God, I don't know what that means to you, but all of these things are involved in his integrity. He is faithful. He always watches over his word to perform it. He's not going to, he's not going to ever leave you, right? How many of you know he doesn't need to leave you to go somewhere else? He's always he said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. Faithfulness. He adheres to us. He, he's with us. Faithfulness carries with it this idea, I can count on him. He can be counted on. Now, all of us in here could say that we've had somebody tell us they were going to do something and it never happened. Right? They've told us, you, you, we're going to do this, and, and it, it's never happened. I remember one time a minister was here preaching, and he was talking about, he's a, one of our graduate traveling minister, you know. He was talking about, he was, you know, he, he did it in a way that kind of hooked us all. But talking about how someone, you know, told him that they were going to take care of all their traveling ministry, provide, provide it all, and just go ahead. Told him, just go ahead and book up whatever the expenses are. I said, I'm going to send the money and do all that, you know, promise to da 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 And he said, and then, you know, it's like, well, praise God. We're all like, praise God. God's mean. And hadn't seen a penny of it. Amen. But God's not that way. When God said, that he shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He means it. And he does it. Now, he has, we have to learn how to do things his way. Right? We have to learn how to make withdrawals from our heavenly account. Just like you have to learn how to make withdrawals from your, your bank account. We have to learn. You know, interesting along that line, I, I, going back and how that uh, in, in the little book, How God Taught Me About Finances by Brother Hagin, in there he talked about, he said, quit praying for finances the way you are. Quit praying for, so, I've already done it. He said, if you're trying to get finances out of heaven, they're not here. Now, that doesn't, doesn't work in the, if you're praying for something that's already done, how's God supposed to answer that prayer? If it's already accomplished through Jesus, you tell me how God's supposed to answer that prayer when he's already done it. He's not going to do it again. So how's God supposed to answer that prayer? Well, he's not. We have to learn how to take hold of what's already promised to us and bring it into our life. So, you know, in the book he said, claim what you need. Tell Satan, he said, I'm not the one withholding it. It's already in the earth. I put it on the earth for you. Claim what you need. Tell Satan to take his hands off of it and send the ministering spirits out to bring it in. Well, you know the same thing would work with healing. Claim what you have need of. Tell Satan to take his hands off your body. Yeah. 
Claim what you have need of. I claim my healing. Why? Because by Jesus' stripes I'm healed. I claim it. See, when you get to know the Father, then you learn how to walk, you learn how, how he does things, and then you, we learn how to walk in that eternal life. All right? Well, we'll pick up here in some of these other things. That, you know, there's a lot of this goes about when we talk about that God, God's the truth of God, how that he is a lot of different aspects that he has, his faithfulness. You know, we could study the faithfulness of God from now until Jesus comes back. So many scriptures talk about his faithfulness. But just know this, God is a God of integrity. Your father, your father, everybody say my father, can be counted on to do what he said because he'll never lie to me, he'll never deceive me, he'll never leave me. Now see, when you, well, sometimes just knowing those things, whoo, glory to God. Just think about it. As you started to say that, faith rose up from the inside of you. And if you start speaking, you start saying that, it'll, your, your faith will just rise up out of your heart, out of your spirit. It'll get in your mouth, come out your mouth. And when you say what you believe in your heart and doubt not, you'll have it. Right? Praise the Lord. All right, praise the Lord. Let's all stand up together. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. All the time and all the time, God is good. We give him praise and honor. Prayer go ahead and come on down if you would. Hallelujah. If you need prayer tonight, ladies, come to the ladies, men to the men. If you need prayer for anything, don't forget that uh, Wednesday night, hour of power, and uh, be here for that service. And, of course, next week is the back-to-school, back-to-school Sunday. So come on, make sure, you, make sure you're here. Get your kids here. Pastor Hagen will be praying over all the children that are school-aged children. Now, you Ramah students, that's not you, okay? So when Pastor Hagen asks, asks the uh, uh, students to come down, stay in your seat. Let me see your hands. You're going to be a Ramah student this fall in September. Let me see your hand. All right, don't be coming down here. See the halls back here. How are you guys doing? How many years has it been? 16. 16. Good to see you guys. Praise the Lord. All right. I told you earlier, high five. Find at least five people, high five them, and tell them God is faithful, and you can be dismissed. God bless you.